0: Well, these are, these are hard words. Um, let's, let's pray and ask for God's help. Lord Jesus, we uh, come before you, even as we just sang, asking that you would tune our hearts towards you. God, we know how easy it is, how quick it, it is for us to become out of tune, um, dissonant with who you are and who you've called and created us to be. God, draw us back. And I pray that you would use your word, even these these hard words, as we continue to study in the Gospel of Matthew. God, would you shape us, form us? I pray that we would have the humility um, to be uh, confronted by your word, uh, teachable by your spirit. Be glorified, we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If following Jesus is easy for you, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> if following Jesus comes easily for you, you are following the wrong Jesus. And I got I to tell you, this, this hurts me a little bit because I love, I love easy things. In fact, to a fault, I am always trying to find whatever it is I'm doing, right, or engaged in finding an easier way uh, to try to do that. Uh, In fact, uh, Bill Gates once said, I love this, I choose a lazy person to do a hard job because a lazy person will find an easy way to do it. And I I resonate with that. In some ways, I feel like maybe he was talking a little bit about about me because I always gravitate towards whatever's easiest. And then if we're honest with ourselves and honest with each other, we sort of expect this Jesus thing to follow suit, don't we? I mean, honestly, like why would, why would you follow it, follow him, if he doesn't make life easier, right? In fact, maybe that's even for some of you, that's, that's why you're here, and uh, I've, I've heard some of your stories, right? And that's, uh, that's sometimes what's, what draws us to church, maybe like your marriage is hard, or, or parenting is difficult, you're worried about your health or your finances, and you're like, well, let's, let's just try church for a while, right? And let me, let me say, if that is your story, we are really, really glad you're here. Whatever brings you to this place, we are so thankful. And we, we believe that there, there is a God who can intervene in your stories, and we will pray with you alongside you that he does do that in your, in your life and in, in, in his way. But, but if you expect following Jesus to be easy, be better, yes, but but Easy. I mean, let me, let me ask, whether, whether you're a Christian or not, if, if your life, let's just say, if your life doesn't get easier because you follow Jesus, will you keep following him? Or, or maybe phrase it a, a little bit more accurately. When your life gets harder, what then? Will you keep following? Because I can tell you, my life is pretty easy for the most part. I mean, I've got my challenges, sure, but compared to most of the world, my life is—it's kind of a breeze. Okay, people, people like me. I can blend in. Um, you know, I feel safe and in control—at least, at least most of the time. And I can—I can pretty easily convince myself I'm am a decent person. You know, right? Life with my little Jesus—you know, a little pocket-sized version that I carry around in my wallet—it's pretty easy. In fact, it's safe. It's comfortable. It only requires the teensiest bit of faith. And I think most of us, if, if we're honest, could probably say something similar. Maybe we go to church. You know, we have our, our sort of checklist of things to say or do or not to do or not to say, and uh, you know, we, we can kind of, kind of go, with, go with emotions and, and very easily believe, yeah, it's, it's fine, it's, it's good, it's, it's easy. You say no to most of the big sins most of the time, and so it's gotta be okay. Which means we just might be following the wrong Jesus. So this will be fun, right? But if you've been with us at all over these last couple of weeks as we've been studying the gospel of Matthew, rooted here these past couple of months in the Sermon on the Mount, only two weeks left, one more after today in the Sermon on the Mount, long time left in Matthew. Uh, but we're, we're kind of winding towards the end of, of this sermon. And if you've been with us, there's no surprise, right, that Jesus takes us here, right? Uh, because over and over again, he keeps showing us that this, this kingdom that he's bringing, this, this expectation for the good life and the good person, it's, it's completely upside down. He throws all of our expectations on their head. And so when we come to to this place this morning, Jesus gives us a series of of comparisons, of metaphors. There's two gates, two trees, two kinds of followers. And and essentially what he's trying to do is show us three things. That following him, like the real him, um, being being a Christian, being on his path, the Jesus way, it's unpopular. It's dangerous. And it is full of the self-deceived which means if it's easy, uh, you're doing it wrong. All right, everybody good, excited, ready to go? It's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, right? Um, so the first, first thing here, the Jesus way, the Jesus way is unpopular. And, and with these, these three metaphors, these three comparisons, really, Jesus keeps saying the same thing. Uh, you'll notice that in the text, maybe even notice that as, as we heard it read, um, but he just adds like a different nuance with, with each of them. The first is the, the two gates, so the, the two paths, right? Uh, the two ways of traveling. I'm going to read it in a second, um, but listen for the contrasts. Because one is wide, the other's narrow. One is easy, the other is, is hard. One leads to destruction, the other leads to life. One is for, for the many, the other is only, only for a few. Because the Jesus way is the unpopular way. Verse 13 chapter 7 of Matthew, Jesus says, enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy. Oh, it's so easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. And this, of course, is pretty much the exact opposite of the way we do everything else in the world, right? I mean, we, we, we live by majority opinion, typically, don't we? I mean, for, for example, um, I mean, anytime I visit a new city or an, uh, a museum or an attraction or a restaurant, like, I always check, like, TripAdvisor or Yelp, right? Anybody else just kind of, I mean, if you've never been there before, have you ever walked into an empty restaurant? I mean, ugh, it's like, it doesn't matter how good the food is at that point. You feel like you've definitely made a huge mistake, right? I mean, that's, that's or, or like shopping on, on, online. I always read the reviews. I'm, I'm that guy, right? I, I want to know, what's the best-selling item in this category, four stars or more? Otherwise, I just, I'm not interested. We, we live our lives by majority opinion, and often with, with good reason. So how many stars would Jesus get? What would his reviews say? I mean, even if we just like kept it to the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, like this guy says that if you're an angry person, you're a murderer. That's a a good review, right? If you deal with lust, you should consider gouging out an eye. If you want to live a happy life, choose the disappointed life, he says. Your treasure ought to be something very different than anybody else's treasures. In fact, give away the earthly treasure. Don't, don't hold on to that, he says. Like worry differently, right? Love your enemies. He I mean, it's pretty ridiculous stuff. And this is, that's just like the Sermon on the Mount. What about his continual sort of stump speech over and over again in the Gospels of take up your cross and follow me? Like we make that into like a, a little metaphor, Right? Like, no, Jesus is saying, like, hey, guys, if you're gonna come with, like, you, you, you need to, like, come to the execution place with me and be ready to get up there with me. Be ready to die. Ooh, those are great reviews, right? I'll take one of those. Don't be surprised when people reject Jesus. Don't be res- surprised when people reject you for taking his claims Seriously. I mean, if, if you read what he says, if you know what he's getting at here, I mean, the, the way he calls us to is hard. Don't be surprised that it's so unpopular. And so, so the question is, I think for, for all of us here, if, I mean, if you want to follow Jesus, or, or even, even if you're just sort of thinking, like I've been thinking a lot this week, yeah, my life does seem pretty easy. Am I really following him? If that's if that's where you find yourself, we've got to ask ourselves, am I living against the grain? Am I am I living like is is my is my lifestyle the unpopular one? Because, man, I, we love to be popular, don't we? I mean, maybe you like think, you fool yourself, and like, I grew out of that. That's like when I was a kid, I wanted to be popular. We all want to be liked, right? Everybody wants to be liked by the people around them. We all gravitate in that direction. But life in the kingdom of God is not a democracy. We don't live by majority opinion. We can't value the same things as our, as our non-Christian neighbors. At least we can't value them in the, in the same ways in which they do. I mean, if your lifestyle looks the same as everybody else, ask yourself that. If your attitude towards work and success is the same as your coworkers, anything, anything to get ahead. If you view, view parenting the same way, like the highest goal, right, is just so my kids are successful, right? Right? Or time, busy, busy, busy. If your, if your view of sex is the same, as long as, as, long as nobody gets hurt, it's, it's, it's just fine. Or the way you think about money and stuff and politics, I mean, if it's the same as everyone else, you're following the wrong Jesus. If your lifestyle is the popular one, you're doing it wrong. Of course, it's not that we go out of our way to be weird or obnoxious. I think some Christians actually try to be weird and obnoxious. That's not what we're talking about, right? You know the, those folks. We, that's, that's, not, that's not what Jesus is getting at. But his, his definition of the good life and the good person that he keeps giving us here, if we actually, as his people, live that out, his definition of what it should look like, his understanding of what love means, of humility, of self-sacrifice, of goodness, of righteousness. It's simply so radical. There's, there's nothing else in the world quite like it. And when people see us, I mean, if, if we actually try to, to live the way he describes his people, his church, I mean, the people around us may not understand why we're doing it. They, they may reject us, and they may think, That's, that is not for me, right? And, and yet, such peace, hope, Forgiveness, humility, everybody wants that. We long for it, don't we? Sure, it's, it's narrow, it's hard, it's unpopular. Jesus says it's really just for the few. But it leads to life. Choose the hard way. That's the first one. Check that sucker off the list. Second contrast is between these two trees. The, the, the Jesus way isn't just unpopular, it's also dangerous. Awesome, Jesus, right? I mean, because, like, the only thing we hate more than being not liked, right, is, is being in danger, right? Being unsafe. I mean, just, and I am so challenged by this. I think about the ways in which we, I, worship ease, comfort, safety, right? Not to mention the, the popularity and likability. I mean, we just, we love those things. Is there anything we value more? And we, I mean, if we're, if we're, we have them in abundance, don't we? So who, who are we following? Now, I've always thought this next part of what Jesus says here, I've I've always thought it was more like we need to to bear fruit, like do good works. Um, And absolutely we do. And Jesus tells us that elsewhere. But but that's not the point here. That's not not what he's getting at. Here he's talking about the dangers around us. But there there are those who pretend to help us, often with even good motives, but who actually lead to our destruction. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. He goes on then to explain pretty clearly, right, that a a healthy tree produces good fruit, a diseased tree produces bad fruit. Can't swap those around, right? And that's how you can know the difference, he says. And then, then he ends with, and every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits these false prophets, right? Um, They don't proclaim the the narrow way, and and the fruit of their lives, Jesus says, is is ugly, it's it's diseased. And they're ravenous wolves seeking to eat you. Which sounds great, right? And it's so easy, like, to, to hear that, to even read that and think, what kind of world is that, Right? Because it's easy to think, well, we, that's, not, that's not how it works. I don't, who are these people, right? Who are these like, wolves in sheep's clothing trying to take everything, right? He's talking about spiritual leaders, people, people of, of influence, pastors, teachers, and he's saying, be careful. And so, so for example, when you look for a church or evaluate a church, what is it you're looking for? What, what are the things that communicate to you that, that this is or isn't a place that, that I should be? In a place where following Jesus is easy? Where you're stretched and sometimes it hurts? Is your definition of a good church a place where all your needs are met and you get everything you want, just like you want it? Or is it a place where you're actually expected to meet the needs of others? Is it a place where you say it's, they're, they're successful, they're doing something right? Or is it a place where you evaluate and you see faithfulness, even if it doesn't look necessarily successful? How would you define a good church or, or a good pastor? And how, how will you help us in that? You know, it's not, it's not just pastors and churches. It's anyone who influences us. Who are, the, who are the people in your life who throw a wet blanket on your faith? We love them, care, care for them, right? Want, want the best for them, but ask yourself, am I being watchful? That, that's kind of the idea of this word beware, right? Be careful, watch out, watch your own heart, and watch, watch the influences around you, because there, there are a million different opinions, Actually, maybe, probably more like 7.3 billion different opinions on what the good life and the good person looks like, right? And there are all kinds of voices that will tell you this is, this is what it means. and Do this, don't do that. live, like, live you know, Pursue these things, not those. They're all around us. And it's so easy to, to be consumed by them. Jesus says, beware. This is the good way. This is what the good person looks like. I mean, I often forget how perilous faith is. I mean, don't don't we? Um, How easy it is to lose interest, to run off, to give up, to fall away, to be deceived. I mean, in in some ways, as a people, we take advice from everyone and no one all at the same time, right? Because we've got so many voices speaking in. And yet, at the the end of the day, we only want to, like, follow our own voice, right? And either way, we're so easily lead this path towards destruction it doesn't take much to get out of alignment in fact there, there are typically like two things that get a car out of alignment you know your car your wheels that kind of thing you with me two things the ob- obvious one is potholes right you hit something and it jars your car out of alignment it's a problem uh, but the other is, is just sort of the, the subtle inevitability of time. Like over time, your car just gets out of alignment. You don't have to do anything. But if you, if you don't prevent it, it's, it's just going to happen. And this, the same is, is true of faith. We sometimes, we know the, the potholes, right? We know the, the, the problems that we can hit. We recognize those. We feel them. And we say, okay, something I needed to change. But we forget about just the inevitability of time. We all drift. And you don't. Know, Ever drift in the right direction, right? We don't get closer to alignment; we get out of alignment. Are we watchful? Are are we aware of the of the voices we're listening to, the attitudes, the ideals that we consume, or you know, we hear our kids swallowing down? How how are we helping in that? Are we growing in our understanding of scripture to be able to discern what is the the voice outside of ourselves that speaks into our lives and into our world that's not culturally maintained? How do we do that? Are you surrounding yourself with others who are bearing good fruit? That's the test for Jesus, right? Who have lives that show that they're actually living out what they, they proclaim and what they believe. There are so many voices, so many theories It's not hard to wander. It's really not that hard to be devoured. The Jesus way, it's unpopular, and it's dangerous. Choose the hard way. Reminds me of an Onion article I saw last Sunday afternoon while I was ignoring my kids on the playground. Um, I mean, right, how how many times can you watch them go down the slide? I'm sure they'll be safe. Um, (laughs) So I was there, and here, here's, here's the article. Report, getting out of bed in morning sharply increases risk of things getting even worse. <laughs> and I'm sitting there by myself on the, on the playground. I just start laughing, right? Because it's, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just so true, isn't it? Like, the, the safest place, if you want to stay safe and comfortable, is to stay in bed. Covers over your, over your head. The moment you get up, inevitably problems are going to hit. Not always, but most most times. There's there's something, right? Hurriness is gonna take over, exhaustion, pain. Be easier to stay in bed. And as I as I read that article, I thought, I mean, could the same thing be said of following Jesus? Following Jesus sharply increases risk of things getting even worse. or at least harder. Man, sometimes I just want to stay put. Just crawl back in bed, put the covers over my head, seduced by what is comfortable. Responding, right, to the siren song of ease and comfort. And sometimes, and sometimes we pastors are to blame in this. Because we, we want people to actually come to our churches, Right? Um, and we want people to stay, and yes, I mean, we want people to meet Jesus, but in so doing, it's so easy to water it down, to present this sort of vanilla Jesus, right, who doesn't call us to anything too difficult, and I, I know I've done that. Um, I'm sorry, I, and I, I absolutely mean that, right? It's so easy to downplay discipleship commitment, the hard, the hard work, the hard truth of what Jesus calls us to, because with him, what, he, what he's asking is that we give up our rights, all of them, We give up our preferences. We even give up our identity, like the core of of who we are now belongs to someone else. And so following Jesus is easy for you. You're you're doing it wrong. Which leads us to the last one. It's the hardest one. Um, But the Jesus way is full of the self-deceived. It's full of those who think they're following but aren't. And, and you'd never know it. I mean, they look, they look legit. But Jesus says they don't do the will of the Father, and he doesn't know them. I mean, this is truthfully, this is one of the scariest verses, I think, of the whole Bible. It, it's, it scares me. Let's, let's read it again. Verse, verse 21. Listen to how Jesus goes next. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, Those who pretend, who play the part, who, who blend in. Who you'd swear are Christians, right? I mean, look at all the great things they can do for Jesus. And, and the thing is, they're not even like trying to fake it. So this is different than the sheep and the wolf thing, right? Where the, the, you know, This is, they just, even they think they're in. Even they think they're good enough. And Jesus says, I don't know you. It's not, it's not just the ones who like, you know, look like they have it all together. You know, the people who seem more spiritual than the rest, who have what they think are all the right answers, are all the right list of rules. But rather, Jesus says, it's those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. It's, it's those who obey. This past week, I had to, to travel to um, a little bit for our, our denomination. I get to lead a group of, of campus pastors in our denomination all across the country. We get together once a year. Uh, just talk about what it means to be a campus pastor. It's fun. Um, we've been doing it for several years. And I mean, it's fun for some. Some of you may not enjoy that, but it's really a great time. And, and we, we have this long layover in Atlanta and all this kind of thing. And actually, at one point, the best part of the trip, uh, Bill, one of our pastors, Almost got like strip searched by the TSA for being a terrorist while we all just sort of stood there laughing at him for like 15 minutes. It was, it was awesome. Um, but while, while we were waiting, some random guy walked by, right? It's a busy, busy airport. Walked by. Uh, and he had a, he had a, a shirt uh, with one word, all like big letters right across the front of it. Uh, one word, obey. And I have, I have no idea what that word means to that person. I know what it means to me. And when, when I saw that, I thought, man, that is, that is exactly what I need, right? Not, not a new T-shirt. Um, though I wear a large if you're um, interested. <laughs> but what if, what if with every action in my life, every thought, every pursuit, every identity statement, what if my first thought was always faith-filled obedience? what does God want me to do here? And then I just did that. That's a novel idea, isn't it? I mean, it's like, oh, never thought of that, right? That's what it looks like to follow Jesus, which is why it's so stinking hard, right? Right? Now, now Jesus, he's not saying that we have to earn God's love, right? Or or that only those who are super good get to go to heaven. None of us would make it in by those standards. None of us are good enough for God. Salvation comes through faith alone, and there's no amount of good works that will ever be enough to earn God's favor. But faith in Jesus always leads to a changed life, they just go hand in hand. In fact, even the biblical definition of of faith uh, requires or or sort of includes this idea of of some sort of of transformation that happens. Faith in Jesus always leads to an unpopular, dangerous path. There is no other path if you're a follower of his. If it's easy, you're following the wrong Jesus. So we, we have to ask, and this is a hard question, but... All of us, right? Who am, I, who am I really following? Not like the easy, I'm sitting in church, Christian answer, right? Because i guess many of us, well, I'm following Jesus. But like, really? Like with your, your will, your affections, your desires, submission to him and, and everything. Dallas Willard once said, the greatest mission field in America is the local church. Because there are so many who go to church week after week who, who really think that they're following Jesus and just aren't. Who think they've given their lives to him but haven't. Could you be one of them? Could I be one of them? Because going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Neither does being a pastor for that matter knowing a lot about the Bible or theology, like having the, the right list of, of answers to sort of to check off, doesn't make you a Christian. Serving, giving, being a nice person, not even obedience. Only faith in Jesus makes you a Christian. But faith is dependence. It's allegiance. It's a brand new identity. It's not, it's not perfection. Certainly not. And yet it confesses sin and chooses obedience, a new hope, a new way, a healthy tree. It's hard, it's unpopular, it's dangerous. But it's also life. Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you said to him, God, everything I have, all that I am, the very core of my identity, it all belongs to you now. And if, if you haven't, what's stopping you? Well, I know it's stopping some of you, right? Sermons like this one, right? It's when, it's when you hear what Jesus calls us to, and you're like, well, I mean, if that's what it is, then no way, I don't, I don't want any, I mean, yes, we have doubts and issues, but frankly, for a lot of us, it comes down to, this is just hard. I'd rather do it my way. And so if it's this difficult, what's the point? Why, why do it? And again, Jesus said at the start, he said, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard. He knows, right? That leads to life, he says. There's life here. Wholeness. Forgiveness. Hope, actual hope in a world as broken as ours. Where else are you gonna find an offer like that? I mean, seriously, where else can you find hope today? And listen, I, I, mean, I, I can share with you, I mean, I, I struggle with this. There are times when, you know, in my moments of complacency or doubt or just frankly disobedience, where I, I'm right with you and think, man, why? Why do, why do I want to do this? Why do I want to keep following him when he asks so much? And in, in those moments, there's a passage that I, I go back to often, and I'm not making this up for a sermon. This is, this is just part of my life. I often go back to John chapter 6. It's a very similar story. Jesus is teaching there and it's hard. It, frankly, it's too hard and he knows it and his disciples know it. So much so that the disciples around him, they begin to grumble. They're like this is, you know, this guy's the worst, right? They, 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 they don't have a category for the things that Jesus is bringing. Just like, frankly, we don't often as well. And John, John tells us, he says, after this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? It's so interesting, isn't it, that he gives them an out? It's like, all these other people, they're, they're, they're walking off. They're done, right? They just, it's too much. And Jesus says, you want to go with them? Are you going to go that way? And let me tell you, there are times when I think about it. I think about just being done. Living for this guy, right? Because it's, at least initially, it feels like more fun. Haven't you felt that way? Do I really want to keep following But where I often go back is what Peter says next. The way way Peter answers Jesus' question, because, I mean, Peter is not the perfect disciple. Uh, not Not even close. But look what he says. It's so simple. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus, where else would we go? What, what alternative is more satisfying, more, more hopeful than his? With you is life. With you is God. I mean, sure, you can, you can go on doing it your own way. Whether you call yourself a Christian or not, right? You can very easily keep doing that, right? Life on your own terms, exchanging what is meaningful for what is easy. Replacing hope with endless striving, picking comfort over change. Safety over faithfulness. Your, your way or his. And really death over life. It's our choice. But why would you choose otherwise? Jesus took the hard way for you. I mean, don't think for a moment that my salvation came easily, right? God himself had to come. He came as a baby, right? As a little human baby on this, this broken planet. And he grew up grew up into this man who was was rejected by just about everyone around him hated and despised until they eventually crucified him. And he died on a cross for our sins, for our wholeness, for our forgiveness. And he rose again to offer us life, real life. And so yeah, if following Jesus is easy for you, you're doing it wrong. You're following the wrong Jesus. Choose the hard way. It won't be easy but it will be better. Let's pray. God, forgive us. Forgive me uh, for my love of comfort, being liked, things being easy. God, would you show us, would you show us how life with you is better even if it is harder? God, I pray that we would say no to our, our endless self-focused desires and goals and that instead we would be transformed by the good news of what you've done. And God, I, pr- I pray to you that even as we hear a message like this, for myself included, God, that we wouldn't walk away with this thinking, well, I just have to be a better person. I have to just follow more rules and be more obedient. And, and even though that is true, God, you need, we need greater obedience God, I pray that we would rest in your sacrifice for us, knowing that it is you who saves us through faith. We're so thankful for your grace. Amen.